Welcome in to another edition of the award-winning Midday with Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Thursday, October 26th, 2023. And Trey and I are with you for the next hour, talking plenty of Longhorn football, talking some Major League Baseball, talking a little NBA, and of course, where are we at in society at the very end of the hour? We are jam-packed on a Thursday. What's going on, brother? Not a lot, man. Just did a little driving around in the hard rain earlier on. It's nice that we are getting this moisture after going so long with uh, out so much. It's been a good week in that regard, but I'm also over the rain too. It's weeks like this that helped me realize just how miserable I would be in some place like Portland or Oregon where it does rain a lot. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm always okay with it raining during the week, but yeah. I need my weekends, man. Yep. And from a Texas football perspective, I really hope it does not rain on Saturday because Malik Murphy, who will get the start, that was concer- uh, confirmed by Steve Sarkeesian a few moments ago at his Zoom availability. Uh, you want him to deal with as little as possible, right? You want things to be as easy as possible for him and rainy conditions, well, that's just another thing he would have to deal with. So hopefully all of the rain that we've had all week long here in Central Texas subsides by the time we get to 2.30 on Saturday. So according to my weather guessing app, BK, it there is a chance that it's going to be wet, about a 50% chance that it's going to be wet on Saturday morning, but it does subside once you get into the afternoon Now, even if it's not raining, that means the field conditions will likely be more slick. And we talked about this yesterday. It's like all the more reason to do what we believe that you should do. And that is put a heavier emphasis on running the football versus asking Malik Murphy to do too much. I'm with you 100%. And, you know, I go back to Buck and I were talking about this this morning. Like, okay, it feels obvious that BYU is going to stack the box, right, to try to prevent Texas from being able to run the football and to try to force Malik Murphy to beat them but I think of a couple of drives for Texas this season where everybody in the world knew that they were trying to run the football and they were still able to run the football the most obvious one is the last drive against Alabama Mm -hmm. right Texas got the ball back with seven minutes and 14 seconds left up by 10 and they were trying to kill as much clock as possible to prevent Alabama from being able to come back and well Texas literally running the football in just about every single play was able to not only kill some of the clock, they killed the entire clock, and Alabama never touched the football again. Well, everybody knew Texas was going to run there, and Texas was still able to run and ice that game. And then last week against Houston, right? Like Quinn Ewers leaves, Malik Murphy's in the game. Even though it was a tie game, you still figure, okay, the game plan for Texas is going to be to run the football. Like you don't want to make your redshirt freshman quarterback being thrown into the fire have to throw the ball all over the yard. Like you just want to run it a bunch. And I think Texas knew what they wanted to do. I think Houston knew what Texas wanted to do. I think all of us knew what Texas wanted to do in that spot. And Texas was still able to run the football and obviously score a touchdown on the ground. So, yeah, even when teams have loaded up to try to stop Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter, mainly Jonathan Brooks, uh, Texas has still been able to effectively run. So that's the hope is that, yeah, BYU is probably going to load the box and put a few more extra defenders near the line of scrimmage to slow down the Texas run game. The hope is this Texas run game, which has been pretty consistently good all season long, looks consistently good again this weekend. There is one other time this season where everybody knew Texas was going to run the football. 
that wasn't all that successful that I guess I need to bring up right now because I'm a masochist, BK, and that would be the set of downs against Oklahoma that began with a first and goal from the one. Well, they they didn't bring defensive players in the game on any of those other drives that I was talking about. So as long as Tavondre, no, as long as Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are on the sideline, I feel pretty good about Texas's ability to tote the rock. I may have more faith in Keaton Crawford lining up as a wide receiver just to block in place of A.D. Mitchell than I do as him as a safety right now. Man, I don't have faith in Keaton Crawford doing just about anything right now. I guess he is, he's good on special teams. Yeah, he's fine on special teams, but uh, yeah, offensive or defensive, no, I'm I'm good on that deal right now. Yeah, thanks for bringing up the worst memory of the season, Trey. Appreciate that. We were having a good day, too, and now you dropped that on us. Come on, man. So the reason why I bring that up is because you've seen some examples this year of teams show a sort of toughness against Texas, especially on the defensive front that has required them to to really stick with it and not abandon it altogether. And that may happen again this Saturday. You may see this BYU team put up a, a ton of effort early on, but it's important that you keep pounding the rock and keep exerting your physicality because you will eventually wear them down. Think about the Wyoming game. That's uh, maybe pretty comparable, although slightly younger farm boys versus the uh, the older Mormons who have been on that mission trip now. I mean, this team is going to be physical, so uh, you should not be doubting that for one second. It's just a matter of the overall skill level and depth across the board on both sides, where Texas, even with a backup quarterback in, should really be able to uh, maintain a competitive edge throughout but pull away in the end. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. Wyoming's defense is better than BYU's defense. Yeah. So BYU might be a little bit older because of all of the mission trips that their team has been on, but... Uh, no, statistically, Wyoming's got a better defense than BYU does. And, you know, BYU doesn't have a great defense. BYU statistically is not that great anywhere no. this season. Like, they're 5-2. and two. If you just look at the record, you would think, like, okay, no, this is a really good football team. And they've played a pretty weak schedule. Their best win was at Arkansas, which Arkansas is now 2-6, and six, and they just fired its offensive coordinator. So a win that looked really impressive back in week three in the non-con doesn't look nearly as impressive right now. Uh, I think they've gone on the road twice in Big 12 play, and they've lost both of those games by double digits, right? Kansas got them, and then, you know, TCU. I went back and watched some of the TCU-BYU game from a couple of weeks ago. Ew. It was 44-11. to TCU was up 41 to 11 with like seven minutes left in the third quarter. Like they called, they called off the dogs. This wasn't like ah, TCU scored a couple of late touchdowns to make the score look worse than it actually was. No, this game, I mean, it was like 31 to eight at halftime and then it was 41 to 11, like midway through quarter number three. So it, it was even uglier. You could argue than what the scoreboard indicated. So what did TCU do continually to find their way into the end zone in the first half? Well, they had a pick six, and that's that's the biggest thing. That's my biggest takeaway and biggest observation from watching Keaton Slovis in that game and just watching him sporadically throughout the course of the season is you've got to get pressure on him. Uh, both Kansas and TCU had pick sixes in their games. Those are the two conference losses that BYU has, the two only losses that BYU has this season. Uh, and they were able to get those picks because of pressure. So that's – that's what we need more of from Texas. We've been talking about that. Uh, that's been a problem for the Longhorns over these last couple of games. They just haven't really gotten enough from the edge position all season. But just pressure in general 
hasn't been there consistently enough for this Texas defense. They've got to find a way to get after Keaton Slovis because he, he he's not elusive. Like you don't have to worry about him pulling a Donovan Smith or a Dylan Gabriel where he just takes off and picks up a bunch of first downs with his legs or even takes off to extend plays. And then he keeps his eyes down the field and picks you apart through the air. I know Keaton Slovis is damn near a statue back there. So if you're able to uh, collapse the pocket on him, then you're going to force him into some mistakes. You're obviously going to get a couple of sacks and you've got uh, a damn good chance to win, but also, you know, cover the number if that's something that you or your cousin is into. Yeah, I do wonder if we see BYU try and run the football a little bit more this Saturday. They haven't been great at it this year, but they did find some successes against Texas Tech last week. And defensively for the Cougars, BK, you're right, not a great defense. And if they're better in one area than the other, it is the pass defense. Their run defense has been atrocious this year, which is just another one of those things. Let's uh, make the list of bullet points as to why you need to run the damn ball this Saturday. And I, and I do believe that Steve Sarkeesian is going to do that. I know he's been hard-headed about throwing it at times this year, whether it's throwing the ball early on, down in distance, or early on in the game, or insisting on throwing deep balls. Like We've also seen him learn his lesson this season, too, and make the necessary adjustments at the starts of games. Yeah, and BYU's defense is pretty banged up, right? Like We're all focused on the Texas side of things from an injury standpoint, and we know Texas has been pretty banged up and is still more banged up than any of us would like. But uh, BYU's best linebacker is out for the year. I think BYU's down a couple of safeties right now on defense. Uh, They're down a defensive lineman, too, going into this matchup on Saturday. So, they're dealing with uh, the injury bug as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how good their defense would be if it was fully healthy, but uh, a shorthanded BYU defense, it should be advantage Texas. And I will say this, if you're looking for more reasons for optimism here, TCU did not have its starting quarterback in that game against BYU. And uh, the game plan, I think everyone thought the game plan was going to be what we all expect the game plan to be this weekend, right? Like everyone just thought Bailey was going to get the ball like 50 times and just run the ball over and over again for TCU. Well, BYU actually did a half decent job against the TCU ground game. Imani Bailey Mm -hmm. had 61 yards rushing in that game. Not great. Uh, But Josh Hoover, the backup quarterback, threw for 439 yards and four touchdowns. Whoa. So I'm not saying expect that from Malik Murphy, although I think all of us would absolutely sign up for that from Malik Murphy. But like in a game with a lot of similarities, right? A game in Texas, a road game for BYU against a backup quarterback. The TCU backup quarterback had a ton of success and TCU was able to win that game going away. So that's you're hoping uh, history from two weeks ago in Fort Worth can repeat itself here in Austin this weekend. So ideally, look, we're not saying that Texas shouldn't pass the football at all. You need you you want to throw the football. You have to find that level of balance, whatever it may be. And it is relative, as Mike Leach reminded us so many years ago. Malik Murphy throwing the football 15 to 20 times is not necessarily a bad thing. And you're probably going to see Sark in that initial script that he does such a good job of creating, and it's really been hitting home uh, over these uh, over the last month or so, you are going to uh, to see him give Malik Murphy a chance to make some early, easy throws early on. And if he shows the ability to do that, then you're going to start to see some advancement in what he's asking him to do in the passing game. Oh, well, we're going to see a swing screen to Xavier Worthy on the first play of the game, right? Yeah, it's like uh, Greg Davis's bubble screen back in the day. Yep. I mean, Including the uh, amount of yardage it's typically getting. 
<laughs> I think it's been three games in a row where Texas has run pretty much the exact same play on the first snap of the game. And, well, it worked last week. They did get a first down on that play against Houston. Uh, against Oklahoma, it was a two-yard loss, and then the next play was a Quinn Ewers interception. So. I blame I blame Houston for that one because that play is on tape now. So yeah. you're bad, Houston, for not knowing that was coming and defending it better. Yeah, you know, Sark always talks about other teams doing stuff that Texas didn't see on film. Well, other teams should know what Texas's first play is going to be because they put the damn thing on film every single week. Mm -hmm. so you should be ready for that. But this is the Bill Belichick philosophy of keep doing it until somebody shows they can stop it. Yeah, I guess so. And then keep doing it after somebody stops it. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's what Bel Belichick does. Uh, excited for this one, man. A quick injury update. Obviously, we mentioned that Sark confirmed that Malik Murphy will get the start for the Longhorns this Saturday afternoon. Uh, he was asked about a couple of other players who have been dealing with nagging injuries. According to Sark, Ryan Watts. Alfred Collins, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, Jet Bush, and Cole Hudson should all be available Saturday against BYU. Sark talked about monitoring those guys on the field during warmups. No surprise there. That's your coach speak that you're always going to get. But uh, he did basically make it sound like all of those guys will be available for the Longhorns this weekend, which is very good. Yeah. I don't know. When he talks injuries, I take what he says with a very large grain of salt. Like he gave no indication that Jade Barron might be missing the Houston game or the first half of the Houston game because they did have to break that glass. Uh, but I hope that all those guys are back because this roster could use that infusion, especially with the uh, the biggest injury that exists right now for this football team, that being Quinn Ewers and that AC joint. Yeah, and no mention of Jalen Catalan, which leads me to believe that he's not going to be playing on Saturday. Like Sark mentioned, all of those names as guys who are available, or I think will be available, was his exact verbiage. And I mentioned the list. I won't read it again because that will bore the hell out of everybody. But uh, Jalen Catalan's name notably absent from that group. Hmm. Does he play again for Texas? I hope so, man. I mean, I know – his reputation and I know what happened to him seemingly every year at Arkansas, but like it doesn't sound like the injury was serious enough to where it would keep him out. And I don't think he's a guy who's like, oh, I've done enough in college. I, I could just, you know, get ready for the NFL. Like he, his biggest issue, he's got to prove that he could stay healthy. Yeah. So if he misses another half season, which what would be the case if he doesn't play at all the rest of the way, then NFL teams are going to be like, okay, yeah, we know how great this guy can be, but we can't draft him if he's never going to play. So I think if Jalen Catalan is smart, uh, he's going to come back, assuming he's healthy enough to come back. Now, maybe, like you said, Sark isn't giving us all the information in the world. Maybe something more serious is going on with Catalan to where, yeah, he just won't get cleared the rest of the way, and that's it. But I haven't heard anything about that, and I don't I don't peg Catalan as the type of kid to just hang him up for the sake of hanging him up. Yeah, but the Texas coaches, much like we saw earlier this year before he was so injured that he had to miss games – including or even coming off of a bye week, uh, they were using them diplomatically. So it's just a matter of thinking about the schedule. Gosh, hate to get caught playing this game again after what nearly happened in Houston last weekend. But you feel like you can beat BYU without him. So maybe if he is potentially healthy enough this week, you do see him against Kansas State because if there's a game that you have to pick out the rest of the way that you'd want him for, it would be that one. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that, right? The coach is kind of saving bullets for uh, some of the bigger games of the year. And, um, 
look, this game will be tough on Saturday, especially because you don't know what to expect from your quarterback. But yeah, K State's a better football team than BYU, and that's even though that game's in Austin, that's uh, the toughest remaining opponent that I think Texas has to deal with during the regular season. I'm officially worried about that game once again. Chris Kleiman rolled the dice by getting Avery Johnson in there, the true freshman. And while he's still pretty raw as a thrower, that guy is an electric runner. And so the combination of him and Will Howard, it's the rare quarterback rotation that works. And uh, we're seeing K-State's defense play a little bit better too. They suffered an early season injury to one of their best linebackers uh, that forced them to – to collect themselves and figure something else out. But this is a football team that uh, at least going into this weekend is playing, playing decent ball. And uh, that Oklahoma state loss a couple of weeks ago, the weekend of the Texas OU game maybe served as a wake up call for them. Yeah. And Oklahoma state's playing a lot better since then too. Like, That's true. They look like one of the biggest jokes in college football after that South Alabama game. And then I think they've won three in a row and all of a sudden they look half decent with Alan Bowman, the tech transfer and the Michigan transfer, and probably four other school transfers uh, at quarterback. So Bowman was at Michigan to start his career? No. Tech first, then Michigan. He didn't play at all at Michigan. Oh. And then transferred to Stillwater. Yeah, we were bit by him. I don't know why he did that. Yeah. Uh, but K-State plays Houston this weekend, by the way, in the Little Apple. So as far as the move to Michigan goes, BK, apparently, according to those close to him, he saw the signs. Mm. Oh, nice. He knew he could get free tickets from Connor Stallions for all of his friends and family. So he uh he went up there. It's probably Perhaps. part of it. Yeah. 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 How you feeling about Malik Murphy now that the news is official, even though we've pretty much known it all week long? Like what what type of performance do you expect from him this weekend? I think we see uh Malik Murphy show you some positive things. It's probably not gonna be perfect because this is his first significant playing time other than last weekend's Houston game, which he didn't have a chance to plan for, but his first significant time as a guy who is the starter during the week. And I know that earlier on, he was probably competing with Arch Manning for those reps, but most people felt like we would see Malik Murphy as the guy to start against BYU. And I think that with the week, uh, he's going to be able to take that breath and not be fastballing everything in there to his receivers. We see a little bit better touch because we saw that in the uh, spring game. And we see a guy who uh, the opportunities that he takes, he's going to make the most of them uh, far more often than not. Uh, For what I hope to see out of Malik Murphy, obviously completing passes, but just protect the football. You are a game manager right now mm. you uh you do not need to uh to be the team that put or to be the guy who puts this team on his shoulders to help them win a tough matchup this needs to be a collective effort on both sides of the ball but certainly on offense and uh, just do your part and that means n- no sloppy turnovers that give BYU a short field going the other direction not that there's anything wrong with that in regards to your gay manager comment <sighs> it doesn't matter how much of a pause I put in I try and insert words Mm. Just, I'm just stuck. Yeah, I mean, you just you keep saying gay and not game. Uh, it's really not that difficult to say, but uh, you can't figure it out. I don't know why. Gay manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is he working at Oil Can Harry's after the game on Saturday? What's going on here, man? It doesn't necessarily have to be Oil Can Harry's. It could be Dave and Buster's for all we know. That, is that a gay bar now? Well, it's a bar where adults go to play video games. Mm, they're playing games, not gays. 
<laughs> that's a ball where adults go to play video games. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that in those commercials, but uh, I haven't seen a D&B commercial in a while. So who knows? VR porn. It's the future, according to Dave and Busters. Uh, how many how many swipes of the power card does that cost? <laughs> Just depends. Uh, yeah. How, okay. Yeah, we should stop there. Or should we? Now we should stop there. Uh, Malik Murphy, you said it. In the spring game, 9 of 13, 165 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's thrown eight passes, though, in games that count in his college career. And like you said, a lot of zip on the football. I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. Like, I know it's coach speak. Like, every coach is going to say, oh, my quarterback can make every throw on the field. Like, that. how often do we hear that? And it's like, have you seen that guy actually try to throw the football, dude? <laughs> please, please don't sit here. And tell me that like Jason Bean can make every throw on the football field. Like, come on, it's ridiculous. But with the arm strength that Malik Murphy has, I, I do believe he's capable of making every throw on the field. He just throws it so damn hard. Yeah. So much zip on the football, which, hey, in tight windows and certain spots, that's perfect. But there are obviously certain instances where you got to have a little bit more touch on the football. Curious to see if he uh, has that ability this weekend. And, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I'm expecting an interception this Saturday. I, I hope it's just one. Like I, if we're talking about a game where Texas turns the ball over multiple times, that's how you let BYU stick around and make this thing very, very interesting for all four quarters. Um, but you know, one interception I can live with. I just it might sound mean to the kid. That's just because he's a first-time starter at quarterback. Like. Yeah. I would expect Arch to do the same thing if he was starting on Saturday. If it was Quinn Ewers' first start, I'd expect him to do the same thing. Like pretty much any quarterback making his first college start, I'm expecting at least one turnover. And hopefully, you know, Texas is able to do enough around Malik to where he doesn't have to throw the football a bunch to give him more chances to give the ball away. But uh, once again, one you can live with. If we start talking about crooked numbers worth of giveaways for Texas, then things could get a little bit dicey. You think we see Arch Manning in the first half of this game? Not necessarily because Malik is playing poorly, but because Steve Sarkeesian is trying to ease him in there just in case uh, that which we don't happens happens and he's forced into action. I don't. Sark was asked about that today, and Sark said he hasn't made a decision on whether or not Arch Manning is going to get some playing time, so he left the door open for that. Um, look, it, you put the caveat in there as long as Malik Murphy's playing well. If Malik Murphy has a couple of interceptions and Texas is down 14 to nothing midway through the second quarter, then I would hope Arch Manning sees some action. But no, like I, I'm going to assume I'll be positive. Glass half full here today. One of us on this show has to be, and it's usually neither of us. Uh, I'll say that I'll say that Malik plays all four quarters in this game. You? I think that we see Arch come in every third or fourth series. Wow. And when he gets that opportunity, he may earn himself a second series before going back to Malik. Okay, let's go glass full, full. That's not an expression. Uh, I mean, what if Texas is up 14 to nothing after two drives? Malik Murphy standing for sure. Really? Yeah. Malik Murphy has two passing touchdowns and he's getting benched? It's not getting benched. There's a game plan. I'm sure both of these guys will be told this before the game to give them a forewarning and say, don't read anything into this. We need to get both of you guys some experience right now because both of you are at the same level in -hmm. terms of the important snaps that you've played in college football. 
Malik, you've been here longer. You've put the work in. You've been better in practice this week. You're the starter, but we need to uh, we need to break the seal essentially with our uh, arch. And you make that even easier if you look great through the first couple of drives. Guess what? You're going to get a couple more drives after that once Arch has seen the field for the first time. Wow. Yeah, there'd be a lot of moaning and groaning at DKR on Saturday if if a decision like that was made after success. After Ooh, success. I don't, I don't know if we would hear the grumbling in that circumstance. You don't think so? If it's 14 to nothing and then they bring Arch Manning into the game, like there, there would be, be a buzz. There'd be some cheers for sure, but there'd also be a lot of, what the fuck is going on right now? Pardon my French. Wouldn't there? Like, that's what I'd be doing. Well, that's why it's important for us to talk to people about it, to let them know that this is a possibility and you don't need to read anything into it one way or the other. Texas is in full control against a mediocre to bad football team. Take a breath, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Oh, I just become the optimist here. What the hell? Did, <laughs> what a mind game did you just play on me, sir? It's the Olipop, baby. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, all right. Are you reporting that that might be the game plan for Texas? No, no it's a total guess by me. It's probably no. not going to happen, but it is a possibility. Hey, I like the prediction. I like it when we're on opposite sides of the debate here. So, um, yeah, man, that'd be that would be something. That would be something. And once again, Sark didn't close the door on it. Like he could have said, "No, like if Malik stays healthy, he's our guy." Like it's it's just like what would happen if Quinn was starting. Like Quinn's the guy, unless something happens to him, then we bring Malik in. Sark could have easily said that about Malik. Like he's the dude, and he's playing. And we, you know, if Malik gets hurt, then Arch will come in. But outside of that, no, nah, Malik is our guy. But Sark obviously didn't say that, which makes you think that there's a chance you could be onto something. If there is something that does the best job of dousing what I just said, it's what you just mentioned right there. Steve Sarkeesian's track record is going with his guy until he needs to make a decision to do otherwise. And that, mm -hmm. You know, I think the Malik Murphy situation would be different on Saturday. Like, if he turns the football over three times in the first half, if you haven't seen Arch before halftime, you will see him coming out of the locker room at halftime as this team's quarterback. Yeah, agreed. We but uh, like with Quinn Ewers, he had the uh, the limitless leash last year. And uh, that meant Hudson Card kind of getting run off, and he's starting for Purdue now. But that's the way it had to be in Sark's mind to – help with Quinn Ewer's development for a guy like Malik Murphy to, uh, to throw multiple interceptions or turn the ball over multiple times. It would be less an issue of helping to develop this guy, or maybe you could make the argument that it does help develop him to allow him to sit, take a breath and maybe try and get back in there. Once uh, he has adjusted to the speed of the game it is more imperative that he wins right now. So if he's trailing BYU at halftime, because his quarterback is turning the football over, I'd like to think that the rationale of Steve Sarkeesian is we got to do something different here because we need to win this game. We are yep. still hunt for a Big 12 championship right now. Yeah, these games are must win. I mean, there there obviously is a scenario where Texas could lose another game in the Big 12 and still make it to Arlington, but you lose control of your own destiny if you slip up this weekend or any of the last five weekends. And if we're talking about the playoff, which – this hasn't looked like a playoff team over the last two games, but hey, until you lose your second game, you're still very much in the playoff conversation. So it's worth mentioning that word when talking about the horns right now. Uh, you don't get another mulligan. So, uh, yeah, you've got to do whatever it takes to get this win on Saturday. Hell, if that means Charles Wright plays, that means Charles Wright plays. A couple of texts. 
on the Coda text line, 512-222-9328. BK needs to turn up his mic, okay? Just did that. Hopefully that helps. wonder if that's a problem other people are dealing with right now. Let me know if it is or isn't. Somebody asked you, what is your new artwork, Trey? You got a new little painting behind your left shoulder? Yeah, thank you for noticing that. Uh, It's my son. His That's not your son. I've seen your son. He doesn't look like that. My son's artwork. Oops, it's upside down. Excuse me for a second. Hey. What is that? Nice frame oh, job there, new, too. New artwork. It says at the top, three, two, one, set fire. It is his abstract interpretation of death and destruction. So I'm very proud of my son and his artistic sensibilities. So I decided to showcase it on today's program. Is that your artwork or your son's artwork because that really sounds like a theme that you would be very much in favor of well he is my child after all bk but it is his yeah, if we weren't sure before now we are all, all are now sure death and destruction when i was at this teacher topic or he's just like nah this is what i want to draw today no we were just hanging out on a saturday and he decided to start doing some drawing and some artwork and he brought it to me and said dad this is yours and he gave it to me. Oh, this and wasn't a school it thing. In the office yesterday, so I decided to display it on the bookshelf. That's awesome. This wasn't a school thing. This was a home deal. No, I'm pretty sure we would have gotten a call if it was a school thing. <laughs> so I said, son, this is beautiful. Please keep it a little bit lighter at school. Remember what we talked about with you pulling your, your uh, pants down and sticking your butt out to your friends and your underoos, those peak poke. Pikachu, Pokemon underoos. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that was funny to your friends, but a teacher was too close by. The teacher will also crack down on you for this one as much as I enjoy it. There you go. That's funny. That is funny. Keep the text coming on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. Shout out to our friends at Circuit of the Americas for being a great sponsor of us right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to Olipop as well. Got the shirt on today. Got a few new cans in the fridge, and I'm an idiot. I forgot to get one before the show started, which is fine. I get to drink one when the show ends. Love Olipop. Trey, you're going to get yours tomorrow. Oh, I'll believe it when it happens. Okay, well, not if you keep that attitude up, a-hole. <laughs> you're at least going to bring my Rangers World Series ticket tomorrow? <laughs> no, no. That's that's a superstition thing. Like that's That's got to stay where it's been all year long. I look... If I was a pitcher right now, throwing a no-hitter into the fifth or sixth inning, I would want you to come over to me and say, hey, you're doing a great job so far. Did you know you have a no-hitter? Like, good luck getting it the rest of the way. I would embrace that as a pitcher. I don't care how you feel about this. This is for me. This is how I feel about this, okay? You'll get your your Sue Patrick shirt. Got it. Got it right here. What have you done? Oh, okay, it's still in the plastic. I'm like, wait a second. Is this thing right next to your bed? I don't trust this shirt one bit. It's on my bed. Mm. And I've got like six or seven of them, too, that I just switch off between. Just please keep the plastic on if you're going <laughs> to dry hump it. Well, I'd, I'd take the plastic off and put it back on. <laughs> the you plastic know. is less comfortable. I will give you that. Yeah, it's like the old person's couch. Like, take the damn plastic off. This sucks. What are you saving it for? You're going to die in five years. Yeah, I never understood that bit either. It's a lot like the uh, the carpet in the bathroom bit, especially carpet going around a toilet. Is like, are you just asking for it to smell like urine in this room? If I see carpet in a bathroom, I'm going to intentionally piss on it. 
like, that's your punishment for being so stupid to have carpet in here. Like I am, you're lucky I'm not defecating here. We'll keep it number one, but that is your punishment for being so dumb to do that. I don't know if you need to go that far. It's just make the observation in your head and try to aim. Like you I view it, I view it as one of those little airplanes in the toilet. You know, you give the kids <laughs> to teach the little boys how to aim. Yeah, like that's if there's carpet. Oh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta aim for the carpet. There was an era in the uh, early to mid two thousands where urinals did a much better job of, uh, you know, the little plastic that's in the urinal. Like there were a lot of targets there, and mm. it was a fun little game that you get to play with yourself. Which sounds weird when you're talking mm. about pulling your junk out at a urinal, but uh, I think I think it lent itself. <laughs> I think it lent itself. To uh, to guys being more accurate in terms of getting the urine into said urinal. I don't remember that. Maybe I was too young to be like using urinals. At, I guess I wasn't at bars at that age. So yeah. if, they, if they were in bars, I wouldn't have known. I'm sure I had them growing up in the toilet at home. I can't even remember if I had those things, though, as a kid. I, I'm sure I did. That, that would have made sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you would have remembered that. Now, there are two, mm. the two most fun urinal games that have ever been invented are that one. And the, even though I'm not a fan of the trough, this is very common in the trough where you put ice in the urinal or the trough. And then the game becomes just trying to melt the ice, right? Uh, oh, I thought it was no, you. no, don't, please don't touch the ice. Oh, as you stick your hand. Well, it's free ice, dude. You walk in there with the drink. Your ice is already melted. They're just nice enough to give you a whole tub of free ice. Or, hey, it's hot outside. Just dunk your head in there, dude. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> cool you down a little bit. Is that not what it's for? Oh, man. I don't know what it is about urine grossing me out today. Oh, I just watched this movie where, I mean, it's a movie, so it wasn't real, thankfully, where people had to drink urine. Mm. It was uh, well acted. It's from the Austin Film Festival this weekend, a, a dark comedy. I don't even remember what it's called. I should get the name of the film. But the movie itself was funny, but they had to drink urine at one point to uh, cover up for the fact that they're trying to switch the urine out for a drug test. And it was a great scene, but it also has yeah. me cringing right now. Yeah. Where's the place? Oh, it's on South and It's not black sheep. It's uh Oh, there's a place with the trough that I was at a couple of weeks ago. Um, ah, someone will come Wrigley field. No, I wasn't at Wrigley field on South Lamar a couple of weeks ago. The movie is called Don't Tell Larry, by the way. So if you're at the Austin Film Festival this weekend, I believe the premiere is tomorrow or you're around the rest of the week. Check out Don't Tell Larry. Great dark comedy. There you go. I like that. All right. Yeah, there's a trough talk and urine talk for you here. I don't, how do we even get there? Are we talking about Tom Herman or something? I don't. <laughs> we were not talking urine charts. I honestly don't remember. I blacked out over the last five minutes. Yeah, I did too. Shout out to Olipop. I'm sure they're thrilled to have to follow up that live read. And also shout out to our guy. You know, Tom McKay might actually be thrilled to follow up that read. Here's oh, a recorded yeah. spot from our buddy Tom over at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. 
new flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. If you want that man cave or that she shed, you can make it happen with avconsultations.com. It's the best time of the sports year, which means there's no better time to call avconsultations. She shed? She shed. You know, man cave for guys, she shed for gals. Never heard of a she shed? What's in a she shed? Whatever the she wants in there. Whatever the she, her wants in there. Sorry. Make sure I get my pronouns right. Mm. I think I had that correct. Yeah, it's, you know, you put whatever you want in a man cave. And sports stuff, TVs, pool table, mini fridge. I don't know. We can do all that stuff in a she shed. A little foot spa, perhaps? I guess. Makeup counter. Or it can look exactly like the man cave. With TVs, pool table, mini fridge. Come on, women like sports too, Trey. Is that okay? It depends on the sport. Mm. Driving lessons, perhaps? <laughs> For the men and the women, it could be both. Ironing board, if they <laughs> like to iron. They want to knock out a couple yeah. of things at once. I'm talking about the man cave right now. I'm not talking about the right. she shed seashells by the seashore. That's not what it's called. You could have a kitchen in there. Of course, you would want at least a little bit of a kitchenette so that you could yeah. cook things for yourself and the rest of the family. What is a kitchenette? Is a television? Is a kitchenette a female version of a kitchen? What is that? Kitchenette is a tiny kitchen. Mm. Interesting. Like a midget kitchen? Yeah, you know, maybe a, a dwarf kitchen. Mm. Sorry about that. A little kitchen. A little kitchen. I like that. Okay. She shed or man cave. Get whatever you want with AV consultations. What else? Do we want to get to Wembenyama's debut? Dusty Baker retired. I've got a new favorite college basketball player before the season starts. Where do you want to go next? New favorite college basketball player, please. All right. My new favorite college basketball player is a guy by the name of Mackenzie Mbakbo. Okay. You're like, who is that? Well, he's actually a freshman who is a five-star recruit in this past cycle, so he's expected to be really, really good. He originally signed with Duke, but requested out of his NLI and ended up signing with Indiana. So, you know, that tells you the type of player this guy is expected to be. Scholarship offers from everywhere. He was considering Duke and Kansas and Indiana and a few other Blue Blood type of programs before, well, I guess he decided on two different schools but he is now at Indiana getting ready to play for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. Uh, this guy was arrested a couple of days ago. And, okay, that, that's cool. That happens all the time, right? People get arrested. Athletes get arrested. Why is this guy your favorite player now, BK? Well, this guy got arrested at Taco Bell. And he got arrested at Taco Bell because he was mad that Taco Bell wouldn't serve him. Because this Taco Bell did something that way too many fast food restaurants do. They close before they close. Oh, yeah. That's a big pet peeve. Yep. Place says it closes at 1 a.m. And then you show up at like 1245. I get it. You don't want to work that late. I understand you're counting the minutes down until you can leave. But come on, man. 
Place is still open. You got to work. Your shift's still on. That's how it goes. It's the most frustrating thing in the world where that happens. And it's happened to me. And I feel like it's happened to everybody at least once, right? Yes. And while, look, you need to stay open to the hours specified on the doors. I do also believe that if you show up in that last 15 minutes to order food, you should accept the likelihood that there is ejaculate in your food. (laughs) You should just accept it? Yeah, you you should. Because fuck you too, okay? What? You just said you were on my side and now you're not. Have common sense. There is basic courtesy. Yes, the place should stay open in case of an absolute emergency. If you're showing up in that last 15 minutes, it should be the easiest to make shit that you are ordering versus them to go back to the fryer or have something specially made for you. Okay, fast food. It's all already made anyways. To a degree. I mean, they're still still having to do a little bit of cooking. Dude, okay. Throw things into the microwave into the deep fryer. If the place closes at 1 and you're showing up at 12.58, then I agree with you. If the place closes at 1 and you're showing up at 12.45, like 15 minutes, that, that's too long. Okay. I, five I, I minutes? Will, we, we can come to, a, to come to a middle ground on the time. So what is that time for you then? Because you know what? You're right. With a fast food place, 15 minutes before close, it's different. So like a, a regular sit-down restaurant, if you're sitting within the last 30 minutes of that restaurant being open – you're a fucking asshole. Now there are exceptions to that too, like fine dining places that do reservations. And the last reservation is a certain time. It may be 30 minutes before close that that is intentional. So that's okay. Yeah. If you're going to a Chili's 30 minutes before close or 25 minutes before close ejaculate uh, for the fast food place though. What is that time for you? Oh, I'll say like six or seven minutes. Yeah. Like anything under five is a no go. But I think ten is still fine. But any ten is getting close. But how about we meet at eight? Would you be okay okay with eight? (laughs) Okay. Our guy Ashish from Seven Eleven says he just spit up his drink while driving. (laughs) You're talking about ejaculate in people's food. God bless. I, I figured you'd say spit or something, not that. Well, just understand. Oh, especially at a fast food place, understand how they're going to mess with your food. At Chili's, it's probably spit. At a fast, I mean, you've seen the world star hip hop cell phone videos that come out of those places late at night. I mean, anything goes there. This truly is wild, wild west sort of behavior we're dealing with here. Oh, speaking of anything goes, remember this? Did I show you this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was a video I was thinking about. It was you that showed me this one. Yep, the Houston Jack in the Box. This is right after. Pull the gun. Oh, drive, buddy. Drive. She she leaves. She comes back with the nine and starts firing away. Gosh, she popped two caps there. Dude, at least probably four or five shots. Yeah, so anything could happen at the fast food joint. At Chili's, what is it, three for ten? So you just get three loogies for ten bucks? That might be it. But uh, Jack in the Box after hours. You're flirting with disaster right there. All right, the details of the story. On October 22nd, four days ago, at approximately 2.15 a.m., officers responded to a Taco Bell on the campus of Indiana in reference to a man refusing to leave the property. Upon arrival, officers were advised by Taco Bell management that they were refusing service to the man in a vehicle due to him being rude at employees. 
Officers made contact with the man who refused to identify himself, but told officers he was 18 years old. They eventually identified the guy as the basketball player, Mackenzie Mbakbo. They asked him to move his vehicle from the drive-thru line to a parking space in the Taco Bell lot. He did that. They requested uh, they requested that officers tell Mbakbo to leave the property, and they told him he needed to leave, but Mbakbo began to drive out of the lot, then reversed his vehicle and parked it again in the parking space at the Taco Bell property, and he was told repeatedly that he needed to leave, but he kept staying on there over and over again. Then uh, officers basically said he was going to be arrested for trespassing, but he basically moved to another parking spot. And they ultimately had to use a baton to break the passenger side window to unlock the doors. They they told him at that point, dude, leave the car. You got to get out right now. And he still refused to do so. And they had to forcibly remove him. And they eventually were able to put him in handcuffs and transport him to jail. So all of this started because Taco Bell did not serve McKenzie and Bakpo, even though their restaurant hours said that they were open later than they actually were. They didn't serve him, so he got restless, and then he ended up getting arrested because all of this went down. God, I, I get his frustration, but man, you gotta you gotta cut your losses at some point, don't you? Especially when the police are getting involved and asking certain instructions for you I'll to come- apply that. Well, I guess it ends with uh, your driver side w- or your passenger side window getting busted with a baton. Yep, there's an- another nil deal for a new car for Mbakbo. I'm sure he'll be okay on that front. But yeah, the closing time at this Taco Bell is 3 o'clock. This guy was booked at 3.16. He was booked. Mm. So that means he clearly got there way before the listed closing time. And they didn't serve. It doesn't sound like 10 or 15. It sounds like he was there like around 2 or 2.15. And the place says it closes at 3. And well, Bloomington is also smaller, though, so yeah. less distance to go from police station to Taco Bell and back again, especially because those guys were probably already parked at another fast food restaurant in the area. I was, um, I mean, just looking at Twitter and Instagram, like there are a bunch of IU students or people who claim to be IU students who are like, that's the worst Taco Bell in the world. Like, good for McKenzie. Screw them. Like, <laughs> apparently, this is just their bit. And this is like a horribly run Taco Bell that's on the campus of IU. I don't visit a ton of fast food places these days, BK, but thinking back on a time that I did, which also coincided with the time that I was drunk a lot during the week, which involved a whole lot of late night appearances at said fast food restaurant. Sometimes you just got to motherfuck the drive through people because they're asking for it. Let's be honest. Mm. And here, and maybe that's just the general reputation of this place is a bunch of IU students are attesting to. It sounds like they were asking for it, but unfortunately he was so worked up that he couldn't just take a couple of breaths, listen to the cops and just get out of there before he got in even more trouble. Hey, they give me a crunch wrap Supreme. I'll leave. That's it. That's the trade right now. Cops. I'll do anything you ask. If they give me the food that I came here for. All right. What about a Mexican pizza? That works too. What about the Dos Locos Cheeto Bambito taco? Uh, shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave. Not responding to that ridiculousness. Covert Bee Cave. We'll be that's there tomorrow. Close to the name. Come on. I mean, I Kevin Dunn did a little bit, but that is really close to what that taco is called. You Kevin Dunn did a lot of it there, dude. The Doritos Locos Taco. What did you call it? The Cheetos Oingo Boingo. Dos Locos. 
<laughs> Cheeto Bambino? No, it's not the great Bambino. Cheetos, Fritos, Doritos. No, that ain't it. Cobra Bee Cave, we'll be there tomorrow. That's the spot. Excited to do our live show out there. Free lunch provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's and Verde's Mexican Perea. Two fantastic joints. They're going to be bringing lunch. Norman Watkins, Lifetime Longhorn, will be there. Talking ball, taking pictures, signing autographs, the whole shebang. Bucky will be there. We'll be there. Should be a ton of fun. Hopefully to see. Hopefully we get to see you there. Shout out to Cobra Bee Cave and shout out to GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. The best furniture that you can find is right there online at greatblueheronfurniture.com. Use the promo code HOOKEM for 15% off. And, hey, if you buy a piece from Great Blue Heron Furniture and you send me a picture, I'll include a last stand hat. That's right. I'll send you a last stand hat for free in addition to the 15% off. And, of course, you're going to get a badass piece of furniture as well. Thanks to our friends at greatblueheronfurniture.com for being a great sponsor of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Trey, we've got about 10 minutes left. Pest Wranglers, live, recorded. What are you thinking? Let's go live today with Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. They are the sponsor of Where We At in Society and also a, uh, a wonderful supporter of Texas Sports Unfiltered. We love our guy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter. That is because he is a big relationships guy. Even though he is in the pest control business he is uh, in the relationships and customer service business. Ever since 2006, when he founded Pest Wrangler, Steve has valued the relationships he has with his employees. As a result, you see a trickle down. Those employees do a great job with the customers as they're taking care of those pest problems. It's why Pest Wranglers has so many five-star ratings and reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. Their motto is effective, reliable, affordable. You will find all that out if you have Pest Wranglers out to your home or place of business to take care of those pet problems. Go to PestWranglers.com to find out more and for the necessary contact info. And as I said, Pest Wranglers is the proud sponsor of Where Are We At in Society Today? That's right. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. As it's all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day bk yesterday we had the story of uh, people who are getting charged a vomit fee if they drink too much at brunch and puke as a result i thought it was bs i thought it was california being overly sensitive about things but you've actually seen people puking at brunch before so my apologies california restaurants we <laughs> stick in the world of alcoholism today with a woman who was cited after drunkenly attacking a mattress store mascot. Oh. An mattress employee. Mac? What's that? Mattress Mac? Ooh, no. Well, unless Mattress Mac has a store in Durango, Colorado, because that's where this mm. unfortunate incident occurred at a mattress outlet in Durango. There was an employee manning a blow-up costume of the mascot for the mattress outlet in Durango on September 27th, but unfortunately had an incident, an encounter with a drunk woman who was uh, not 
in the mood to be playful because minute into his shift, Maddie, who is the guy who was in this, or I'm sorry, is the name of the mascot, was approached by the intoxicated 41-year-old woman. She went from being a little too playful to a little too rough and ended up on the ground as a result. And let me show you a picture of the mascot here so you can get a good representation of this. Share screen. Here's the mascot right here. So this drunk woman goes up to the mascot, is playing around with him, probably poking the mattress, saying, just how soft are you right here and right here? Hmm. And uh, ultimately, uh, it goes very awry and ends with her getting arrested as a result. Did the mattress guy, what, Maddie? Maddie. Did uh, they, them, like, tackle the drunk woman? Uh, Let's see. What has she was just feeling him up, and then the the guy in the suit got pissed, and what did they like start fighting or something? Well, she was trying to tip him over. She mm. was basically he was outside trying to lure people into the store, which is uh, maybe not a great choice of word when you're talking about somebody dressed up like a mattress, but trying to get people to come into the store for the mattress sale. And uh, this drunk woman comes up and starts playing around with him and poking him, and it does eventually turn into a re- wrestling match where he's just trying to get this drunk away from him, would be my guess. This poor, probably 17-year-old kid who's getting paid minimum wage to dress up like a mattress is all of a sudden being accosted by this woman. Is she just trying to test out the mattress? Like, here, lay down so I can lay on you kind of thing? I want to see if I need to take you home or not? I don't have that detail, but police say the woman was initially playful and hugging the costume employee, but then she became aggressive and profane. She began pushing the employee and trying to trip him, So she was trying to lay on this high school kid dressed in a mattress and then probably try and and dry hump the mattress, right? You're a 41-year-old woman who's drunk in the middle of the day. You're most likely single. There might be some cats at home. And uh, you're trying to find uh, anywhere you can get it, you know? No, I don't because I've never been a single 41-year-old cat lady. Um, That's what they do. They just go around dry humping guys in mascot suits. You know, maybe not that situation exactly, but some version of that happens quite often. Does that explain why I haven't seen Hook'em at any events I've been at recently? Something like that happened to him? My experience with Hook'em from the early 1980s, Hook'em doesn't go after mattresses. Hook'em goes after kids. Oh, yeah. Didn't he grope you at some point? I don't know. Oh, you know. It's It's possible. I have really unhealthy feelings of anger and aggression every time I see Hook'em. And there is a picture of me with Hook'em where I'm screaming my face off at the age of three at a basketball game. And Hook'em has his, her arm around me. So I can only assume that some sort of inappropriate touching had occurred there. Mm, how does hand feel? Hoovy. <laughs> wow. All right. So it's really based on a real... Longhorn then, huh? Just just watch Hook'em. Watch, mm. If you're at the game on Saturday, just watch Hook'em. And see where Hook'em he goes? A little, little fucking creepy at times, okay? Not to <laughs> be saying that because of my past experiences. I've watched this closely over the years. Hook'em cops very timely feels. Well, you it's have to. You have to put your armor. Good. You have to put your arm around people, right? You take a lot of pictures. You give a lot of high fives. You're constantly touching people if you're in the mascot suit, yeah? Yeah, you don't have to touch people like that, okay, Hook'em? Mm. 
Got you good, huh? Wow. I just, is there a video of this, of this woman dry humping this high school kid in a mattress costume? No, unfortunately not. She had actually escaped the mattress store before the cops had arrived. They found her stumbling around a block away. Oh, who called the cops? It can't be the guy in the out of the costume because he can't talk. Now, I would assume one of the other mattress store employees who, after they got done laughing at this drunk woman, knocking him over and, and dry humping it, this costumed <laughs> mattress, called the police and said, hey, hey, can you come get this woman? Dude, they're has to not be, having a whole lot of fun right now. I'm disappointed in Durango, Colorado, the entire city that no one was filming this, dude. Like, this, this could have been gold. <laughs> that is true. That is a disappointing element of it. I'll agree. The, the mascot's just waving, like looking for help. And everyone's like, oh, he's just waving. He's saying hello to us. He's being a good mascot. Meanwhile, he's just getting like constantly berated by this drunk woman in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Mm. Hey, we have a couple of minutes before Zay and Chip gets here, BK. Uh, you're somebody who's on the record as uh, as looking to have unsafe sex. You know that? Do you want to know the ten states with the highest STD rates? <laughs> I'm on the record of saying that. I believe so. Mm. I was very surprised when you said it was like one of our first shows. You're like, I just want to go on the record with this right now. Now that we have Texas Sports Unfiltered. Mm. All right. Yep. On the record. What's the top ten? You want to guess number one? What's the list? The states with the most STDs? Highest STD rates. Mm, Florida? Uh, actually, surprisingly, and this is what makes this list suspect, Florida is not in the top 10. Impossible. Impossible. Uh, West Virginia? No. What is this? I mean, Texas? Nope. New York? Jeez, let me just tell you here. Yeah, like I'm not going to, I don't know more than like seven states, so we're not going to get very far here. So just be careful. We're going, we're going one to 10 now. So the first one that I tell you is number one. Okay. Be careful of these 10 states if you go there. Mississippi, Louisiana, Alaska, South Carolina, South Dakota, Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, New Mexico, and North Carolina. Okay, a lot of South in there. A lot of South. I was about to start just guessing some deep South states, but I mean, Alaska yeah. being in there is is very random. So that's where it's a per capita thing, and uh, Alaska people are very bored and very lonely in the winter time. So I guess that means uh, a whole lot of BK level unsafe sex. Okay. Well, we'll bring South on the next. A little bit of a shock too. I don't know anything about South Dakota, so I don't know if it's a shock or not. I didn't even know anybody lived in South Dakota. <laughs> it's all people dressed up as mattresses, I think. <laughs> I think that's it. We're done. Coming up now, it's time to bring on the fellas. Chip Brown, Zay Collier. Gentlemen, how we doing today? What up, dogs? What up? We, uh... We got a loaded show. In fact, I think we're going to have uh, Lance Taylor here any second now. So everybody just settle in and kick back. We'll be talking a bunch of Texas football, the quarterback situation. What else, folks? Guys, when when do you think we see Arch Manning this Saturday, if at all? Ooh, well, that's going to be fascinating because – how long do you give Malik Murphy? Because 
the length of that leash could determine if he's staying in the program or going? Mm, great question. What uh, leash? That's where I'm at. What leash? Let him go. Let him roll. Same playbook and everything. Let's get it. Yeah, give him. I, you know, I say give him the BYU game as long as he's not just spontaneously combusting. What 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 does giving the BYU game mean? Just ensure that Michael Taft gets um, hurdled by Keaton Slovis? <laughs> well, see, you have UTSD like I do, Trey. Oh yeah, you bring up BYU around these parts, and you you're flinching. You're like, <laughs> yeah, me too. It, it would be Michael Taft though, Trey. You're right. It would be him. For sure. Yeah. If anyone gets hurtled, it would be Michael Taft. Love him. Great story. Just One of those few Westlake guys I like. I ain't hating, just as you know. bulldog hate. Hey, I'm still waiting to see Jonathan Brooks play D-line. All right. If we're getting the defensive players on offense, let's return the favor and get the offensive players on defense. Come on. Can I get some Jare Bledsoe at defensive end this week? Can I, can I get oh, somebody man. at defensive end this week? Guy's 274 pounds and can do a standing backflip. Something tells me he's got a little bend to get around the edge. And goodness, that makes two of us, Chip. Yeah, yeah. Let him, let uh, him be Keaton Slovis's. You know, the coat around uh, Keaton Slovis. Let him drive Slovis's shoulder into the turf. You know. Yo, that athletic ass BYU Cougar, the mascot, he could do a backflip too. I don't think he's a TJ Watt. Dude, he would be our best edge rusher. Cosmo. <laughs> Cosmo. Cosmo, whether it's a guy or a girl inside that costume, would be our best edge rusher right now. Mm. Yo, that's the most athletic mascot I've ever seen. Cosmo like, he's up there with the gorilla from the Phoenix Suns back in the day. They need to bring yeah. that dude back. That guy's not still there? No, they got rid of him. That did. All right, that's the most athletic mascot in the Big 12. Do you guys know, this is the last thing before we bid you adieu, the rapiest mascot in the Big 12? Because I know this answer. Oh, Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. No, it's the Cougar. The Cougar mascot, though. I saw that thing at Big 12 Media Days. It looks like the uh, the Big Bad Wolf in a uh, in a fairy tale. I mean, that thing is on the prowl. Which, which Cougar, Houston or BYU? Houston's Houston's Cougar. Yeah, the U of H Cougar. That thing looks like an evil cartoon character. (laughs) Idiot. I can't wait for Chip's piece on Horns 24-7 ranking the rapiest mascots. (laughs) I'm going to have a guest column for my man, Trey. (laughs) Uh, You guys have a great show, fellas. We'll be locked in. Appreciate y'all. Good show. Love it.